Hello everyone and welcome to the Two Real Gridiron Podcast. My name is Logan Mitchell and we are just about 24 hours away from the NFL draft beginning. So with that being said, knowing what's coming up, today is going to be our final mock draft of the year. The first that I've recorded and uh, I posted a couple over on the Two Real Sports Twitter. A couple mock drafts that I put together but... This is going to be the first one that I am recording and the first that I've really put a ton, a ton of thought into. So just wanted to share with you guys as we're just about 24 hours away once again. Um, so we're just going to go through the first round only. I really don't like going through much more than that just because it's so unpredictable and anybody who acts like they know what's going on really does not. Um, but it's so extremely unpredictable getting into that second round third round and anything further than that is almost just crazy to pretend that you know what you're doing so we're just going to do the first round uh we will have some trades in here and i'm not going to pretend like i have some sort of sources or i know anything that you guys haven't read this is just going off of rumors being on some forums hearing what fans want their team to do etc etc it's all just predictions but uh, just getting right into it then, the number one overall pick, no debate, it's going to be Joe Burrow. They have done everything but announce it. It's. I'd be shocked if they did anything other than that, and I think everyone else would be shocked as well. So we're not going to spend too much time explaining that. They need a quarterback. He's the best one. Joe Burrow to the Bengals. Book it. Write it down. And the second pick is not quite as easy, but I think it's pretty much going to be a slam dunk as well. You've got the Redskins there at number two. The guy that I and many others have as the top prospect overall in the draft still sitting there available. And that's Chase Young of Ohio State. A guy I consider a generational pass rusher. I think they will end up going in that direction. There's been some smoke, some rumors that maybe they're looking to trade the pick. And it wouldn't shock me if they did trade the pick when it's all said and done. But I think that Chase Young is just too good to pass up on. And you got a new coach, Ron Rivera. It's going to be looking to play to his strengths. He's kind of a defensive coach. And... They already have a good pass rush, but you can't have too many studs on the defensive line. So I think the Redskins add Chase Young. But our first trade of the draft will be the Detroit Lions moving back. I think it just makes a little too much sense for the Lions to move back. With all the rumors being that their guy was either Okuda or Derek Brown. is pretty much all that you've seen linked to the Lions lately. And... I think with the way the draft is set up, you could get either one of those guys by moving down. You could still land the guy that you like. So I think the Los Angeles Chargers move up to number three. Probably be number six, uh, maybe a third, and a second next year, something along those lines. Should get it done to just move up three spots. And I think, I think it's wrong, but I do think that third pick will be Justin Herbert I would definitely take Tua I could make the argument that Tua is the best quarterback in the draft but the injury concerns are going to be too much and I think the second quarterback off the board is going to end up being Justin Herbert at the end of the day 
So I think the Chargers come up and get them. That leaves the Giants sitting there at number four. And I think because of the rumors, a lot of the big media outlets talking about the quarterbacks, people aren't talking enough about the Giants as a potential trade-down candidate. And I actually think a team gets aggressive to move up, and it will not be for a quarterback. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars move up, trading pick nine as well as Yannick Ngakwe for the fourth overall pick. And I think it makes a lot of sense for the Giants to make a move like that. You get a pass rusher, which you need. You can never have too many good pass rushers, and why not get a proven one like Ngakwe? And then with the ninth overall pick, you're still going to be able to land one of the top offensive linemen, especially if the Giants have similar grades on the top four guys. I could see them being okay with any of those four elite offensive linemen, and they will land one of the bunch at number nine overall. At least one of the group will still be available. And for the Jaguars, I think this makes some sense. You already have that extra first-round pick that you got in the Jalen Ramsey trade. So it doesn't hurt giving up a few assets. You're still going to be able to get a second high-end prospect in this draft. And I think they move up to replace Jalen Ramsey. So I think they grab Jeffrey Okuda with the fourth overall pick. And and that's just a trade that I don't think is getting talked about enough. Is the potential for the Jaguars to get aggressive to move up and get their Ramsey replacement. Especially after they let Bouye go as well this year. So they're going to be pretty weak in the defensive backfield, and I think going up to get the top guy makes a lot of sense for the Jaguars and for the Giants. I think they are that's robbery in that trade, getting a productive defensive lineman like Ngakwe as well as getting the ninth overall pick. So I think both teams get better in that trade. But that brings us to the Miami Dolphins, who have had the hashtag tank for Tua going all year here. And I think they do, and I think they pull the trigger on Tua Tagovailoa. I think it makes just way too much sense to go get Tua, and he fell right in their lap at number five. They didn't have to make a trade in this scenario. I do think that some of the Justin Herbert hype is real. I think there is probably a bit of a divide in the front office, whether it be the coaching staff. I'm sure there's some people within the Dolphins that like Justin Herbert, but I also think that could have been a little bit of smoke that they always knew that Tua was their guy. And if they're able to pull that off where the Chargers get aggressive to go up and get Herbert instead of Tua and the Dolphins get to sit still and land Tua, I think they would have to look at that as a success at the end of the day. So the Dolphins land Tua Tagovailoa. The, their search for a quarterback is over. Tua's their guy. And then that would bring us to number six overall, the Detroit Lions. They made the trade with the Chargers just a few minutes ago, of course. So they're sitting at number six, and a lot of people would have thought that trade back would be for Okuda. But with the Jaguars moving up to get Okuda, I think that would leave the Lions in an obvious position where they land Derek Brown with the number six overall pick. There's been a few rumors that maybe the Lions like Derek Brown anyway, and they had always been going for Derek Brown. But if Okuda's off the board, I think that's pretty much a slam dunk. If they're, they would take Derek Brown. It'll be one of those two, and Okuda's off the board here, so Derek Brown is the pick. 
And then moving to the seventh overall pick is the Carolina Panthers. And this one is just a fit that I love. The one that I, kind of my number one draft crush, so to say, as far as like I hope these two end up together. And that's Isaiah Simmons ending his little mini slide because I think he could go as high as third overall. And I also meant to say the Jaguars trade-up could very well be for a guy like Isaiah Simmons rather than Okuda, which would change the draft altogether. But in this scenario, they traded up for Okuda. The Lions took Derrick Brown. And I think at number seven overall, Isaiah Simmons is such a freaky talent and makes a lot of sense to me with you lost Luke Keekley kind of still in the prime of his career. You're losing a high-end middle linebacker. And... I know Isaiah Simmons hasn't played purely middle linebacker, but he's a guy that I think can definitely play the position and under the right tutelage will become a star at whatever position they choose to play him at. But sitting him at inside linebacker with the Panthers seems like a perfect fit to me. So Isaiah Simmons goes number seven overall to the Carolina Panthers. And that brings us to number eight, the Arizona Cardinals which the Arizona Cardinals, sorry, excuse me, were one of the hardest teams for me to predict in all of this, to be honest. I think they have an obvious need at offensive line. I really think they do. But you're sitting here with all four of the top offensive linemen on the board. I personally have pretty similar grades on most of these guys, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the NFL teams looked at the four, and those four being Werfs, Becton, Thomas and Wills pretty similarly as far as where they would draft them. So, and then the Dolphin, the, I'm sorry, excuse me, the Cardinals also have a lot of needs on the defensive side of the ball, but most of the top defensive prospects are already off the board here. So I look at the Cardinals as a potential trade down candidate. They could move down get as many assets as possible and still get a top offensive lineman and also add picks to add to that defense later on in the draft. I'd see, be interested to see what they prioritize first. But the team, I think, makes a lot of sense to trade up with the Cardinals. Could be a win-win for both teams. Is the Denver Broncos. So the Broncos are sitting at 15 overall. I see them moving up to 8, striking a deal with the Cardinals, which they would be moving up for one of the receivers. All the rumors have been the Broncos want to add a receiver on the other side of Cortland Sutton, who is a guy I really like. But getting a number two there, or even potentially a number one, it could be a 1A, 1B situation if they both reach their potential. But I think the Broncos would trade up for Jerry Judy. So number eight overall, Jerry Judy, who is actually one of my favorite prospects in the entire draft. I have him. I think I'm higher on him than most people are. I have him as my third overall prospect, only behind Chase Young and Joe Burrow. So I think he's going to be a stud, one of the best route runners I've ever seen, and I think a very safe, safe wide receiver pick. And makes a lot of sense for the Denver Broncos to make that move. Move up to number eight, go secure, who I think is the best wide receiver in the draft. And that would bring us to the Giants, who, remember, made that deal with the Jaguars earlier. And this is really the best-case scenario for the Giants. We still haven't had a tackle go yet, which I think a lot of people will think is a little crazy. And maybe it is. There's a scenario where there's four tackles off the board, 
and the first 10 picks and some of the defensive guys slide. And then there's another scenario where the tackles slide because teams have similar grades on them and feel like they can move back and get one. But in this scenario, there's no way another one slides. I think that the Giants would actually go Jedrick Wills out of Alabama would become the first tackle off the board. Uh, And like I said, this is the best-case scenario for the Giants. They land a guy that they were probably strongly considering with the fourth overall pick, and just the way the board falls in this scenario, they get to land him at number nine as well as getting the pass rusher in Gokwe. So there we go. Nine picks in would bring us to Cleveland at number 10. And I think Cleveland is aggressively, aggressively pursuing a trade back. Now, I do think that they would like to land one of these tackles, don't get me wrong, but they apparently are all in on Ezra Cleveland. I've read a few reports that they've had him for multiple interviews, and I think you can get him quite a bit later in the draft. So I think maybe another one of the teams that really needs a receiver comes up, gets aggressive, makes a trade with the Cleveland Browns, and the team I look at making the most sense there would be the Philadelphia Eagles. And as a Cowboy fan, this kind of scares me. (laughs) I really like CeeDee Lamb as a prospect, and it sounds like the Eagles do too. So uh, it would pain me to see the Eagles land him, but I think it makes a lot of sense for the Eagles to get aggressive, and the Browns seem like a team that would be willing to trade back. So I got the Philadelphia Eagles moving up to 10, probably take a first, and I could see them adding a pick from next year as well as a third or fourth this year kind of whatever it takes and I think Cleveland if they like a lot of these tackles and you see they're starting to slide if they have similar grades on some of the later tackles it makes a lot of sense for them and I also think Cleveland might be the number one most logical landing spot for a guy like Trent Williams so I don't want to rule that out either them trading for a veteran tackle but I think the Eagles get aggressive come up and make the make CD Lamb their wide receiver which they desperately desperately need a wide receiver so I could see them getting aggressive here and they do they go get a guy that a lot of people think is the best wide receiver in the draft I have met my wide receiver too but the gap is pretty small it just depends what you like I just prefer Judy to Lamb but they're both in my opinion going to be great great NFL players and at number 11 the New York Jets Maybe start the run on tackles here. Um, I think you saw the Giants already took Jedrick Wills, of course. But uh, the Giant, the Jets, I think there's no way they pass up on one. And I think the second tackle off the board would be Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. Makes a lot of sense. He had a great combine, moved up a lot of draft boards. And the Jets are another team that just desperately needs tackle. They also could... Be on the lookout for them to take receiver. I think with Judy and Lamb off the board in this scenario, that picked it down a little bit. Some people think that Henry Ruggs is the best receiver in the draft and could be the first receiver off the board. But I think in this scenario, it would end up being offensive linemen that the Jets would would target. And so I got the Jets going Tristan Wirfs at number 11 overall. And then there is the Oakland, or oh, sorry, (laughs) Las Vegas Raiders. That's still going to take some time to get used to. Been Oakland for so long. But the Las Vegas Raiders on the clock here with pick number 12. Everybody has been mocking a wide receiver to the Raiders. Every single person I've seen has mocked a receiver to the Raiders. And I think they could go Henry Ruggs here, don't get me wrong. But I think they would have really, really wanted C.D. Lamb as the guy I think the Raiders would have been into. And 
Unfortunately, the Eagles moved up, got aggressive, and he's off the board. So I think maybe a little bit of a surprise pick, maybe not, depending on who you talk to. I think the Raiders should go C.J. Henderson here at pick 12. Makes a lot of sense. They also need a corner almost as bad as they need a receiver. And I think the receiver depth in this class is good enough that you're going to get a good receiver at 19 or even potentially in the second round. But definitely at 19, you can get a receiver that you really like. So I think they would actually go C.J. Henderson. And then at 13, we the San Francisco 49ers would be on the board. And this is where I think Henry Ruggs would go. You saw the 49ers got a very up-close look at how much speed can kill with Tyreek Hill in the Super Bowl. And I think you can make an argument that the Chiefs and the Niners were the two fastest teams in the NFL, and we saw how that worked out for them this past year, both making it to the big game. So I think they would take Henry Ruggs, add some more speed to that offense, and they also have another pick later on in the draft that they can fill a need with. So there I got the... At 14, you got Tampa Bay, which... Tampa Bay is a team that I really think could get aggressive and trade up for tackles, but in this scenario, we saw the tackle slide. Nobody took a tackle in the top six or seven picks, so I think they decided to stay stand pat, and they would take Andrew Thomas at 14 overall. Makes a lot of sense to me. Andrew Thomas is a great, great pass blocker. I actually think he's the best tackle in the draft class. I don't know when the consensus went out on him. Uh, early on in the process, he was considered the best, but later on after the combine and such, I haven't seen him mocked much higher than 10, when early on I thought he might go third or fourth in the draft, be the top tackle off the board. But the Buccaneers luck into him, he slides to 14, and would be an ideal, ideal prospect to protect Brady, their investment of Tom Brady, and just makes the Buccaneers that much better, that much scarier this year. And then here at 15, we'd have the Cardinals. If you remember, they traded back. The Broncos traded up for Jerry Judy, and this is exactly why I think a team like the Cardinals would trade back. They've got two prospects sitting here that I think they would really like, whether they want to go tackle or they want to go defense. There's two guys that I really like on the board. I think they'd go tackle, and that would end the big four. The big four are all off the board. The Cardinals would take Makai Becton here at 15 overall. He may slide a little bit because of that diluted drug test. Whatever, I know they flagged his drug test at the combine. I don't know if that necessarily means he failed or if there's reason to worry. or I don't know exactly what it means. It just said that he was flagged. So I don't think he flat out failed the drug test, but it's... His sample was diluted or something along those lines, and that may cause a little mini slide. He isn't the best in pass protection, but he's a huge, huge man and uh, can maul against the run. One of the best run-blocking prospects out there. It would be a bit more of a prospect than the other guys at the top. Like That's one of the reasons I like Andrew Thomas so much is he's ready to play. He's going to be good as a rookie. He will be an above-average NFL tackle his first year. And I don't know if you can say that about Becton, but the Cardinals are a young team. I don't know how much they expect to win in the immediate future. So it makes a lot of sense for them to grab this guy, especially with him sliding this late. But that would bring us to the Arizona Cardinals. I'm sorry. We just finished the Arizona Cardinals. The Atlanta Falcons have the 16th overall pick, and they could go in a number of directions here. Uh, They could use a pass rusher. 
They could use some interior defensive line. They really need a corner, and I thought about having them be the team that traded up with a team like the Cardinals or the Browns to go get a corner, go get C.J. Henderson. But at 16, I'm not sure there's a corner I think is worth picking. There's been some rumors that A.J. Terrell has moved up a bunch of boards, and he's going to be the third corner off the bo- off of the board tomorrow night. And if that's the case, then I could see the Falcons or even the team that picks right after him, the Dallas Cowboys, being the team that takes a swing on him. But ultimately, I don't think there's a corner available that they would love. So this is where I actually think Javon Kinlaw goes off the board. He's a guy I think a lot of people have in their top 10 overall prospects. But just with this all going the way it's going, COVID and the draft process being different, and I think teams are going to draft for need more so than want, than best player available. Go get their guys, guys that they're confident on. I could see Javon Kinlaw being a guy that slides a little bit, but I don't think he gets further than 16 or 17. You know, the Falcons and the Cowboys have a lot of similar needs. I don't think Kinlaw would get past those two. And I could say the same thing about the guy that I'm going to have the Cowboys take at 17, being Kalevon Chason, my Dallas Cowboys. I think it would go in a number of ways. I think our number one need is cornerback. And you could also make an argument for us taking an interior offensive lineman. I think it's a little early to take a guy like Cesar Ruiz. He's a good prospect, but I would look at him more as like if we made a trade back, it could be for Cesar Ruiz. I wouldn't like us taking him at 17, so to say. But Kalevon Chason would be a good fit on the opposite side of Demarcus Lawrence. We lost Robert Quinn to the Bears this offseason. So I think that makes sense. Strengthen our pass rush. We already saw our offense was near the tops in the league in a lot of categories, so I don't think we need to go there, even though you could make an argument the best player on the board is a is a receiver at this point. But add a pass rusher to the Dallas Cowboys at 17, and that would take us to pick 18, Miami Dolphins' second pick of the draft. They could go in a lot of ways here, but I think they have so many holes, and I really think for the most part they're just going to go best player available. But I think they have to protect their <laughs> they had to protect Tua. They just drafted Tua. He has the injury history. I think they would have to go for alignment here. And I could see them taking Josh Jones from Houston at the 18th overall pick. Reviews on him are up and down to say the least I've seen people put him in that same class as the top guys in the class and the same conversation as these top tackles like Andrew Thomas and Beckton that we just mentioned but I've also seen people put second round grades on him but he pretty much dominated at the senior bowl and I wouldn't be surprised to see a team take him in this range the Dolphins make a lot of sense considering that they just invested in Tua have a lot of holes on the offensive line. And there's another couple teams coming up in the 20s that would love him. So I think if the Dolphins were going to take him, it would have to be at 18 and not at 26. That would take us to 19. you got the Raiders with their second pick. They took C.J. Henderson 12. Uh, this is where I think Justin Jefferson would go off the board. I think he could go a little earlier. It's a guy that... If the Broncos sit pad, he might go at 15 to the Broncos. I mean, it depends how the draft board lies, but really like Justin Jefferson. Good route runner. 
It's a true slot, one of the best slots in the draft. And I think the Raiders would definitely not pass on a receiver with both of their first-round picks. So if I got them taking Henderson first, I got to give them Jefferson here. And then that would bring the Jaguars back on the clock at number 20. And this is an interesting one. I think they could go in a variety of ways here. They still have some needs. They got their defensive, uh, they got their corner at number four. They made the aggressive trade earlier. But now they could use a pass rusher, maybe more help in the secondary. They could go a lot of ways. They could even go receiver here. But I think with Jefferson just going, there's a little gap between the next group of receivers. So I think I'd actually have them go Xavier McKinney, safety from Alabama. I really like Xavier McKinney. Personally, the value of the safety position has kind of gone down a little bit. And I don't see much much reason to take one in the first round unless he's a freak. Like a guy like in the last couple of years we've had Derwin James who kind of do it all. Isaiah Simmons, if you think of him as a safety, can do it all. And I'd say Jamal Adams a few years ago, same thing. But I don't think you need to take a safety in the first round just the way the position's going. But if you were going to take one, Xavier McKinney's a hard guy to pass up on. So I could see the Jaguars going there at number 20. That would sure up their defense a little bit, grabbing the corner and a safety. Their secondary would look a lot stronger after that. And that would take us to the 21st overall pick. With the 21st overall pick, remember the Eagles traded this pick to the Cleveland Browns earlier when the Eagles moved up to get C.D. Lamb. So this is actually where I think the Browns would take Ezra Cleveland tackle from Boise State. He's a guy that's rose up a lot of draft boards this year. He has moved up a lot later on in the process. And it sounds like the Browns really like him. I mean, it's all rumors. It's all speculation. So it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up falling out of the first round altogether because I think that was kind of what everyone thought before these rumors. But apparently the Browns really, really like Ezra Cleveland. And that's part of the reason I was confident and then making a trade back. So I think Ezra Cleveland would be the pick if the Browns do end up executing that trade back at 21. So that would be bring us to the 22nd overall pick, which is the Minnesota Vikings with their first pick. This is the first Minnesota Vikings pick where they had... This is the pick they got in the trade with Stefan Diggs to Buffalo. So they're going to be picking at 22 and 25 with their first pick. I think the options are lineman, wide receiver, or corner. And this is where, like I said, we've seen some rumors that A.J. Terrell is going to be the third corner off the board. I think he makes a lot of sense here. I probably don't have him in even my top five corners. There's a few other guys I like. I like Jeff Gladney. I like Christian Fulton all right. Trevon Diggs I think has a lot of upside. But... The rumors are that A.J. Terrell is going to be the third corner off the board. And if there's a, there's a team I can buy taking him that early, it would be the Minnesota Vikings because they do need a corner. So at 22, I'm going to give the Vikings A.J. Terrell. And that would bring us to 23, the New England Patriots. This is a very, very interesting pick. Obviously, we're so used to the Patriots taking their guys, doing things their way. Uh, but things are, things are different now. Tom Brady's not there. It'll be very interesting to see what the Patriots do here. Um, they have more needs than you realize. Playmakers on both sides of the ball, really. Now we don't have a quarterback anymore. Brady's in Tampa. So I could see them going Jordan Love here. But 
knowing Belichick, I still feel like he's going to do it his way. Make a pick that ends up being a great pick because he's Bill Belichick and that's what he does. I think they would take A.J. Epinesa here. He's a guy that this time last year, a lot of people thought would be a top 10 pick this year. He kind of slid this year. He's not the most athletic guy. Not much of a pass rusher. He's more of just a a run stopper, a big body defensive end, but he was highly productive at Iowa. And he's exactly the kind of guy I could see the Patriots being high on and grabbing. And then you got the New Orleans Saints at pick number 24. This is a team that I think goes wide receiver. There's a lot of wide receivers in a similar range now that we're getting to. I think the top four guys are pretty clear in whatever order you want to have them. Top three especially are a little separated, and then I'd say Jefferson is kind of in a group of his own between the top three and the rest. So this could be a number of guys. I mean, it's going to depend on what the Saints have, but I do think they focus receiver here. Added Emmanuel Sanders, but you can't have too many playmakers, and they're going to be aggressive trying to win now. Who knows how many years Drew Brees has left. I'd say two at the high end, so they're going to give him as many weapons as possible. And the guy I think makes a lot of sense here is Jalen Rieger out of TCU. She's not my favorite receiver left on the board, but just with the way the Saints roster is constructed, I could see them going for a big play threat like Rieger. And that's who I think they go with. 24 overall, Jalen Jalen Rieger to the New Orleans Saints. And then we're going to the 25th pick, which is the third, or I'm sorry, the second of Minnesota's pick. I'm getting ahead of myself. Miami's next. But the second of Minnesota's pick, and we just had them take a corner, just had them take A.J. Terrell. So this is actually where I think a guy like Cesar Ruiz could go. Give him an interior offensive lineman. Uh, I think he could go a little earlier than this. He could go completely out of the first round. It's hard to know how teams are valuing interior offensive linemen specifically. But if you are looking for an interior offensive lineman, he's the best one in the class. You could play him at guard, play him at center. He has experience at either spot. And I think it makes a lot of sense for the Vikings who really just need offensive line help everywhere. And then at 26, you got the Miami Dolphins for the third time today. Third time on the board. Miami Dolphins, they took a tackle with Josh Jones, and they have their quarterback of the future in Tua Tagovailoa. I think they give Tua a weapon here. Yeah, we can see our first running back of the day getting taken off the board. This is where I think DeAndre Swift lands. I'm not a fan of taking running backs in the first round, but somebody's going to do it. They just will. I'd be surprised if we go full round without seeing a running back taken. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't take DeAndre Swift. I'd rather build my defense, maybe even take another offensive lineman here to protect Tua. But I, I have a feeling that somebody is going to take a running back in the first round. And there's a couple guys that are probably worth it. There's a couple of running backs that are that I like a lot. And DeAndre Swift is right there at the top of that list. So I could see the... Dolphins going running back here at 26. DeAndre Swift to the Dolphins. And nearing the end here, 27 overall. I got the Seattle Seahawks on the clock. Here's a spot I could see a trade. Uh, Seattle typically trades out of the first round. And if you've been paying attention, you've noticed a quarterback has slid and slid and slid. A guy that was one time getting top five buzz. And this is one I could be very wrong about Jordan Love being on the board this long. 
But I, well, I think one of the quarterbacks is going to slide. There's not very many teams that need quarterbacks, and you see that with a guy like Cam Newton, a guy like Jameis Winston still sitting on free agency, still sitting on the waivers. So not too many teams really need a quarterback, and one of the guys is going to slide. And in this situation, it is Jordan Love. So I think a team like the Colts, who has an early second-round pick, and could trade that pick. I think it's 33. Or no, it's 34. 34th overall pick they got from the Redskins. And um, really whatever else it takes. Not both seconds. They'll hold on to that later second. But I think the Colts trade up with the Seahawks. So the Seahawks move down seven spots, eight spots. And add some extra draft capital. And the Seahawks are always trading down. They seem to... That's their strategy, is to just get as many picks as possible, and some of them are going to work out, right? So I think the Seahawks make that move, and the Colts are my favorite team that isn't in the first round, that I think has a lot of potential to trade up. And if it's not with the Seahawks, I think they could trade into the late end of the first with a team like the 49ers or the Chiefs, maybe even the Packers. There's a few teams that I think the... Colts could strike a deal with to land a quarterback at the end of the first. And if Jordan Love is off the board earlier, which is very, very possible, don't be surprised if a team reaches for a quarterback at the end of the first round. A team like the Colts makes a trade and still reaches for a quarterback at the end of the first round. But in this in this scenario, Jordan Love is still on the board. So the Colts trade with the Seahawks, 27 overall, Jordan Love to the Indianapolis Colts, where he'll get to learn behind Phillip Rivers for a year. That brings me to the Baltimore Ravens, pick 28. I think the Baltimore Ravens go inside linebacker. We haven't had, seen one go off the board yet. Um, and I think that pick would be Kenneth Murray, linebacker from Oklahoma. Another guy, we're getting into the guys where their draft ranges are pretty wide, a lot of these guys. I could see Kenneth Murray going at like 19 to the Raiders. He could go in that range. It's a great player, a really good ball player. That may slide we'll see <laughs> all of these guys are pretty close on a lot of draft boards depending on whose board you read so if Kenneth Murray is there though I think it'd be hard for the Ravens to pass up I really do think that the Ravens would probably go Kenneth Murray if he's still on the board there and then you look at the Tennessee Titans they're another team that's interesting they could go off into line could go pass rusher they could go corner Maybe even receiver. There's some good receivers chilling on the board. But I think they would focus that on corner. And this is where I see Jeff Gladney from TCU. He's actually my cornerback three behind um, Akuda and Henderson, who went off the board pretty early. But we saw AJ Terrell already go, so it would be the fourth corner off the board in this scenario. And I think the Titans go Jeff Gladney. Great player. Kind of need a corner on the opposite side of Adoree Jackson. So... Titans go corner Jeff Gladney at 29 overall pick 30 Green Bay Packers another team that could go a couple different directions but I think they go receiver kind of ignored it for a few years I think they finally target one opposite of Devontae Adams who is really one of the best receivers in the NFL but you got to give Aaron Rodgers somebody else to go to another go-to guy we saw the offense playing guys that a lot of us had never heard of last year when Devontae Adams was down. I went to see him play in Kansas City, and I think Alan Lazard was the top receiver that game. He had Jake Kumaro getting catches. I mean, and props to them. I'm not talking down on them. They're just not heralded receivers, and they need another two guy next to Devontae Adams. So this is where I think 
they could go a variety of ways here. There's two receivers really that strike my attention here, and those two being Brandon Ayuk and Denzel Mims are the two that I think would they'd have to look at hard. But I would lean I'm a little bit higher on Denzel Mims. I don't know anything about the Packers as far as how they feel about these two, but if I had to predict which one would be off the board first, I think Mims goes in the first round. He sneaks into the first round at pick number 30. Big body receiver, makes tons and tons of contested catches, and is fast, very, very fast for his size. And this is where I think he goes. I think the Packers go wide receiver, Denzel Mims at pick number 30. And then 31, you got the San Francisco 49ers. I think they are a trade-down candidate here. Uh, I could see any of the teams with offensive line need trying to come in and get a tackle. So maybe the Chargers, who drafted Herbert earlier, could move up and get him. Maybe the Bengals, who drafted Burrow early, could move up late in the first round. There's a few teams, like I said, that I think could just move up into the late, late first round. And I think the Niners have every reason to want to trade back in this situation. But I don't think they're going to be able to get a deal done, considering that best case scenario would be that Jordan Love was still on the board. Then I could they could get a team to move up and get the quarterback. But with him being drafted already, I think they're going to have to stick it out there. And they will go corner as well with... Uh, Took Henry Ruggs at 13, so I think this is where they would take a playmaking corner. I like Christian Fulton out of LSU to almost close out the the first round. And then the last pick of the first round would be the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Another team that I think could go a variety of ways. They really don't have very many needs, They're, which clearly they're a good team. They just won the Super Bowl. But I think if they had to make this decision... May surprise people a little bit. I think a second running back goes off the board in the first round. Once again, I said I would not condone taking running back in the first round, but the way the Chiefs are set up, their offense is already so explosive. Why not add a little bit more to that? And I think they would go Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if they were taking a running back. I like DeAndre Swift. He's my running back one. That running back two is a little... A little iffy. There's Jonathan Taylor, Edward Hilaire, Dobbins. I like Cam Akers. Eno Benjamin I like a lot. Not not up with that group, but I do like Eno Benjamin as well. So, But the Chiefs, you have Mahomes. You pass the ball a ton. So I think you get the top receiving back of the group, and that's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. They could also go corner. They could look to trade down. They could take a safety. You've still got a couple good safeties on the board. Grant Delpit, namely, is still chilling on the board. Um... There's a lot of directions they could go. Or if they don't think they can retain Chris Jones, there's a couple of pass rushers they could target. There's a lot of directions the Chiefs could go. I mean, it, it's kind of a luxury pick because obviously they're already capable of being the best team in the league. But I think they grab a running back. I think that's one of their weaker positions, even though Damian Williams had a great Super Bowl. That's where I think they would go. Add more firepower to that team. So that'll do it for our first-round mock draft. Um, like I said, a lot of these are kind of guesses. Not guesses, so to say. I'm more like <laughs> predictions. I looked at the team needs. Looked at um, looked at who I thought would be around. Like Jordan Love falling to 27. That's iffy. I know that's a little ballsy. The tackles going as late as they did like may not happen. And I know that. I understand that. But 
it's a mock draft, and the draft is so, so super-duper unpredictable. I mean, anything can happen tomorrow night, and that's why I'm so excited. Haven't had any sports in a while, but, you know, this is my guess. This is what I think will happen, and a lot of the fits I like. I think a lot of it made sense, but let me know what you think. Would you like your team's haul if this is what they got? Um, I'll post a screenshot. I'll put this first round on mockout as well, and I'll post a screenshot on my Twitter, at 2 Real Sports. Go follow that for more sports takes, and we do a basketball podcast over there as well. But let me know if you would like your team's haul there. That would do it for the first round for me. But just once again, my name's Logan Mitchell, and I want to thank you for listening to the 2 Real Gridiron podcast. Thanks again, guys.